Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My talkers, it is Wednesday, hump, hump, hump day. We're hanging out with Julia and Brittany today. We've got a little Brad and Angelina news to get to. Neil Justin's going to join the show here in a little bit. And we lost one of the great ones on Sex and the City. But until then, let's hang out with Lori and, and Brittany. Or, excuse me, Brittany what are, Whatever their names are. It's Brittany are. and Julia by contract. I go first if I'm going to be on the show. <laughs> Doesn't work that way around here. It's how your name sounds. Because I should have been before Lori. She's before me. Well, okay, let's if we had a name together, we would obviously be Julie. Oh, there we go. Obviously. Grant, were you going to play something? Me? No. Oh. Do you have something for me here? Oh, I just said it's Britney Witch. But oh, Britney. Oh, yeah, we could I'll do, play it. We could, it's oh. Britney Witch. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hey, Happy it's Britney Witch. That's go. like my actual laugh. He actually grabbed that. It's my real laugh. It, it is. Um, all right. Hi, everybody. It is like the most beautiful day out. It's a little cold. Calm down. Okay, Unless well, you're moving. It's I was good. moving. You were I, at playing pickleball. So you have a, you know. And, and someone forgot to tell me how to play today. <laughs> when I showed up, I was just like, Whoa. You just forgot how to serve. Mama it's forgot. Fine. All right. So, you know, um, I have to tell you guys about a new book um, that I'm just starting to read and it is Vanderbilt Anderson Cooper's the tycoon and um I saw Anderson Cooper on with um was that on Andy Cohen yeah last night I watch what happens live and those two you know would go around the country doing their Andy and um Anderson, Anderson. Uh, yeah, A squared. They'd like do A two something or something. Their shows, but those guys are very, very good friends. Yeah, they're very good friends, and they're not lovers. And people would call in, "Why aren't you guys just together?" And they're like, "We just aren't. We are just really good friends." So anyway, he was talking about this new book that he wrote, and he wrote a book. Him, his mom, and uh, him, Gloria Vanderbilt, who is his mother, wrote a book before she died in 2017. I Mm -hmm. think they did a documentary too. And he had has said that, you know, his mom was the richest girl in the world. And there's this famous picture of her in the 20s and just the fight over her and the fortune of the Vanderbilts. But he said, you know, he never wanted anything to do with the Vanderbilt money, the Vanderbilt story, the Vanderbilt family at all growing up. His dad was a Cooper. His dad grew up in a farm in Tennessee or something. And... um he said when he adopted, no, they had their son, Wyatt. Mm-hmm. He decided that he just really wanted to dig into the family's 
history and know more about the Vanderbilts for his son. So he's calling this his love letter to his son. Okay. So I started it today. And I don't know if you guys, have you ever been to Newport Beach? No. You know, they have in oh, Newport yeah. Beach, which Wait. is in Rhode Island. Oh, okay. And it's just, it feels like it's 30 minutes at the most outside of Boston. They have a mansion row where all the wealthy people from New York City would build their mansions yep. and go during the summer times because it was too hot and steamy in Manhattan. They would go to Newport Beach. So yes. you've been there. Oh, yeah. They're beautiful. My friend got married in one of those mansions, actually. Gorgeous. Just beautiful. The mm. whole the views up on the hill. Like, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's called Mansion Row. And there, the Vanderbilt Mansion is called The Breakers. And it's the biggest, the most opulent. And so today, I didn't get that far in the book. I've had a lot of things to do. Um, but talking about how his great, great, great grandfather, Cornelius, Commodore Cornelius Vanderbilt, um, built this. And he cost him like, in today's dollars, like $240 million. And by the time three or four generations later that the Vanderbilts were forced to move out, lost all their fortune, gave it over to the historical society, um, they sold it to the like the Rhode Island Historical Society for something like three hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So how it, that yes. house just lost like two hundred million dollars in like you know in less than a hundred years. But it's it's fascinating. So this is just he described his book as the Crown meets a historical family. That's, that so, sounds awesome. I know it. I'm so excited to get into it. But just. You know, so we're going to dig into all of the different family members and everything. So if people want a new book. It just came out today. Oh, so that sounds like a blast. I, well, I love it. Sounds like I love history. Yeah, I just love history. But it's, it's history, but it's also like a very direct level of drama in that. Yeah. You know? And I, I think, yeah, that sounds totally up your alley. So it seems it, up my alley, too. I Drama. 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 We, love, we, we love, love the drama. drama. Put and I that like, in our alley. I know. In the in the <laughs> the amount of money they made and lost, it's, it's just wild. amazing. So anyway, I'm going to Boston for the weekend. I've mentioned it like 17 times. You're excited. I'm super excited. But if anyone has like a, I haven't been there in 25 years. It might even be more than that. I went in the early 90s, probably like. 13 or 14 times in the period of five years mm-hmm. and then have never been back. But if anyone can think of anything great, if you want to shoot us an email or give um, us a call or something, that would be great. I just am always looking for, you know, kind of the inside scoop. And I'm going to be stalking tennis players. My big get is John McEnroe. And I just want to meet him. I just, just, just a small yeah. ask. It's a small ask. I know that the all the tennis players are staying at the Marriott, not Copley Place. And you don't have to Ma- tell other people that. Well, they know they're not listening. They everyone. It's the official um, hotel for the Laver Cup, which is what this but I'm is. Just saying, if you want to give yourself an edge, oh, good oh, point. Good point. I know. I know. You're always such a giver. Just I give, really am. You really are. But I. <laughs> But, you know, I just, in that beautiful Italian Bertolini. Or I've Berta- never been to Boston, so oh, I, I want to just send me some photos. I, I will. I'll be excited to see. But that tall, he's like 6'5". He's this Italian tennis player that played oh. against, um, what's his butt in the French finals and lost? Bertolini or something. He's so beautiful. He's going to be playing in this. Oh, the guy who makes pasta. 
him. Oh, yeah. Mm. And play tennis. Mm. A combo I would love. (laughs) Especially the pasta part. Let's make it clear. Justin, please make pasta. I'm, yeah, I'm hungry, honey. I need some carbs. But so, anyway, you've never been. Boston's beautiful. The history is beautiful. And are you guys just going to uh, go watch some Mm -hmm. tennis? And and you're going with a bunch of girlfriends. How many girlfriends are you going with? I don't know. Maybe there's six of us. That's a lot to coordinate with that many people. Are you sharing rooms? We're someone rearranged. We're in an Airbnb and it's all been done. See, we were supposed to go in 2020, but because of COVID, it was canceled. And when if we would have gone in 2020, I would have been able to see Roger Federer. You probably would have been married to him by now. Probably. But I would have been a mother of two sets of twins. And I don't know that I wanted to be a stepmother. That's the real problem. It would have been a problem as young wife that he's in love with. But anyway, so this, it's a whole different group of people that are going to be there. But I just really think it would be fun to meet John McEnroe. All right, you, your goal is very low. It's, even if it's a, you need a build up. So like start with, you see a guy who's like, I'm the, I'm one of the ball boys. Take a picture of him. That's your security pick. <laughs> I'm going to come back that's with a your ball sec- boy outfit. So that's your security uh-huh. pick. And then you just can only go up from there. So just get the lowest that you can get and then go up from there. And if you get John McEnroe, that's great. But if you don't, you will we'll post the ball boy pick. Right. And what's the name of the designer, Ted Gibson? No, that he's the hairdresser. Tab, remember I told you I had that designer sweater that I bought a year ago, too, for Oh, it? you, no. Uh, Ted, um, not Baker. It is Ted Baker. Yeah, you got Ted Baker. Oh, yeah. So I'm so super excited because I've only worn this sweater like three times. Very Saving preppy. It, and I've Very had it. Preppy. But I've had it for like. Are you going to uh, do the collar shirt underneath? I, I don't know what I'm going to wear, but I'm super excited. So I'll have those <laughs> nice. pictures on Instagram. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm kind of geeking out. Concession stand person. That's fine, too. <laughs> Ball boy's actually kind of ambitious. They have a job I think we are as clearly well in nosebleed that. seats. <laughs> I mean, clearly. Well, Maybe if somebody who's like plays tennis recreational, like you pass by at a park. Get a picture with them. All right, that's Start from there. Starting. Okay. And then build up. And then I got we have it. your or security the program. Phone. I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. You and the okay. program is good, so too. You're so funny. Okay. Also, a caller called in to say you need to check out food tours. Oh. If you Google Boston food oh, tours. Oh, that's a great idea. They've got some, they'll take you to some places, give you some history at the same time. You get to try all the different unique cuisines to that particular area. Oh, yeah, but she was like, Italian I love seafood. food that's tours That's a great idea. Boston. I've never done that. So Google, she said, all you got to do is Google Boston food yes. tours and there'll be plenty of options. Fantastic. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it is time for stories we can't get enough of. Last night when I read the news that Willie Garrison, who played Sanford Blatch on HBO's Sex and the City and Carrie's Bradshaw's BFF on the show, I just gasped. I just went, no. I immediately sent Lori a text. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's died because we saw him as recently as this summer filming in New York City, because HBO is doing that, and just like that, yeah, 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 kind of the continuation. Yeah, it, 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 it. What didn't seem real? I kept looking it up, being like, "This, that guy, like he, he's only fifty-seven years old." And um, if you watch Sex and City, he was on it the whole time, but he was also had another iconic role on um, White Collar. He was Mosey. I loved White Collar. With Matt, I can't think of his last name. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we had all the men up on the wall in here, yeah, it would help our brains work. If yeah, we could look at the pictures. They, they we, you. We missed that having yeah, our man you because blame he it was on, yeah. on our man wall. But he was on there from 2009 to 2014. People would have seen him on NYPD Blue, Alan McBeal, Quantum, NYPD Blue. He's been around, but he died. He was only 57 years old, and he died of pancreatic cancer. That's- 
And that's what Alex Trebek died of, and that's what Patrick Swayze died of, and that's what my grandma Lulu died of. And that one is just a hard one to diagnose, and you usually get it too late, and it's a quick one. So I just felt so sad. So here's, just play his voice. Um, This is kind of, he's visiting... He played a gay man, and his... Um, He's Carrie's bestie. Yeah, I know. And he was also Mario Cantone, and he were partners on Sex and the City. So here we go. I need your advice. But in order to get it, I have to confess something, and I'm asking you not to judge me. Who am I to judge anyone? I had bangs in the 80s. Okay. I have cyber sex on the internet. And this would be the non-judgment part? My name is Rick9+. Plus. No, you didn't. <laughs> Rick nine plus. How sad is that? Actually, I think it shows a great deal of restraint. You could have been Rick eleven. <laughs> so, I've been chatting with this guy, and we have a really great time. But now he wants to meet, and I don't know if I should. Okay, let's figure this out. What do That's you know? That's just about a him? sample of his voice. Yeah, and they're Those drinking martinis and smoking yes. cigarettes in this scene, which made me think of you guys with your Dodds pretzels and oh, your water oh, martinis yeah, on no, Friday. Yeah. The other day, well, you know, he was just—he was always around. He was always a delight. He was so wonderful and upbeat. And I never knew this. He wasn't gay. I didn't know that either I until never today. Knew this, that he wasn't gay, but he—he um, he talked about how he was actually kind of nervous for people for a long time. He kind of kept it under wraps because he didn't know if that would be offensive and uh it took a long time for him to kind of be more verbal and here's something i didn't know either he actually went on a blind date with sarah um uh, i was gonna say jessica sarah parker. thank you sarah jessica parker before they started filming this like how wild is that i mean a bad match let's just say that yeah but, there you go uh yeah that's so wild too no she um Everyone sent out their, you know, just thoughts and prayers and loves. And so he has been filming part of And Just Like That, which um, last time they saw him, I think, was like the beginning of August on the sets and stuff. And I kept going back to the pictures and he looked fine. He looked fine. You know, you can't tell. Yeah. You know, you don't know. But so it'd be kind of interesting how they try to figure out. They obviously knew he had cancer. That everyone knew this was going on, so I hope I, they filmed enough scenes that he's at least in it. Yeah, and you know the the thing that the te- some of the teases that we saw originally were about everyone being at a funeral. I wonder if it's going to be his. Oh, I wonder. You know, because we kind of thought it would be Samantha who isn't part of the team anymore. Yeah, and you know he was really outspoken. Um, Willie Garrison was really outspoken because they were all set, like literally set. And ready to start filming Sex and the City 3, the movie, when Kim Cattrall, Samantha, uh, didn't just said, no, I'm not doing it anymore. And he was very verbal about how mad he was. He's like, how dare you? We're all ready to go. And then yeah. you pull out the 17th minute. But she sent a very classy, you know, yeah, thing out. Well, it explains, too, why he was so upset if he's like... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Living in the mindset of we have to do things now. I mean, right. I'm not saying that like that's for sure why, but you have to imagine you have more of a mind space of like, I don't have as much time to sit And we around. don't know how long he's known about the pancreatic yeah, test because yeah, this is true. several years ago, at least. Um, I'm thinking, and, you know, he had a longtime um, partner uh, that he was with, but she never wanted to have kids. Yeah. So in 2009, he adopted a son. His name is Nathan. And um, Nathan said on his Instagram, you know, rest in peace. I'm so glad you I got to share everything with you. I'll always love you. I think it's time for you to go on your own adventure. You will always be with me. Love you more than you will ever know. And I'm glad you can be at peace now. So probably just a struggle of you're really sick. You know, when you have that at the end, yeah. you're probably just so worried about his son and how he's going to be. And he was a big advocate for adoption and everyone around him just loved him. Yeah. So I just was like, he's, he, he, you know, when people are younger than you and I, it feels just like scary. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of an eye opener type yeah. situation. He, even every character he ever played, every time I've ever, he was a very non-threatening, yeah. very kind, very soft spoken, just to kind of, like you said, a person that you could really gravitate towards because he didn't ever have that bad side. And even his acting, like I never saw him be like a, and all the stuff that I watched him yeah. be, he never was that bad guy. No. Or, you know? And he was so funny with Mario Cantone. And, I know. And I'm just getting tears in my eyes thinking. I know. He, I know. So, you know, that was just such a time. I know. I know. And it was such a joyful show. When that show came out, I mean, oh, Lori and I were so crazy for that show. And she had HBO first. And I don't know how she <laughs> did because she didn't even have a home at the time. <laughs> I could see her and, having the on HBO. But no, I not think she was home. married to my brother. But I mean, we were, you know. Did you go over there then the, and watch no, it? No, I got it the next year or something. I started year two, but then I went back and watched it. But she, but I mean, that's when we developed our nipple enhancers and just I know. goofy, silly women. Oh, and, I'm telling you. So I, we never had cable growing up. So when I went to college, I had a friend who was like, oh, I have the whole box set. And I was like. I will not be leaving my room. And I just put it because it was back in the day. We watched things, you know, the disc on your computer. Sure. And it was just like that music playing all the time. My roommate, Mandy, was like, are you watching another one? And I couldn't get enough because right. I've never seen anything like that. No, ever. The enough. clothes, the sex, the, the relationships. The freedom about fr- being a woman and yeah. wanting to have sex. And the relationships, like you said, and everyone's yeah. like, are you a Carrie? Are you a Miranda? Are you a Samantha? Are you a... Who's the last one? The other one. Who'd you just mix? You'd... I forgot the the prissy one, Kristen Davis. Charlotte? Character. Charlotte. Um, but it just, and it was just such a happy time. Yeah. So I I just got so nostalgic thinking about this. So anyway, he yeah. has passed away. I know. Super sad. But we're going to come back with the delightful Neil Justin from the we're Star gonna, Tribune. We're going to cry less in the last segment. Oh, I know. I just, it just hit me. It's so hard. Um, you know, whatever. Here we go. We'll be back. This is Lori and Julia on My Talk 1071. We are delighted to have Neil Justin with us from the Star Tribune, writing on everything media and comedy and fabulousness. Hi, Neil. Hi, how are you? Good. Were you sad when you heard about Willie? 
Uh, I didn't hear. What happened? Well, the Sex and the City guy, Willie Garrison, died. Oh, that Willie. I thought you meant Willie Nelson. No. No. I panicked. Gosh, no. I I would would start bawling right here on the line. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) Will Garrison died. I did see that. Uh, I guess for Sex and City fans, that's quite a lot. I was not. You weren't a a fan? Sex and the City fan. No, I'm not a fan of sex or big cities. I'm, mm. I'm really, this is what the problem is with you. <laughs> not, yeah, one of many. Uh, now no, we pinpointed I, I, it. Uh, I'm always amazed that uh, uh, women in particular find that show uh, engaging. Uh, it always seemed to me to be not uh, a woman's view of the world, but a gay man's view of the woman's world. Oh, interesting. We loved it. And maybe we are gay yeah. men inside. Maybe I don't know. You're, maybe you're gay men. I don't know. <laughs> it it was I, so I, good. I always found that show to be a little bit derogatory towards women. But um, who am I to say? I mean, if women enjoyed it and others enjoyed it, that's great. I just found it to be uh, kind of one-dimensional. Yeah. Oh, gosh. All right. So we're done talking about that yeah. then. Because huge no, fans. You, you scared the heck out of me. No. I thought Willie Nelson had died. Oh, no. I'm it. sorry. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh. All right. So you wrote a great article yesterday, um, why movie stars are more willing than ever to embrace television roles. Uh-huh. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that and kind of how it all started with The Sopranos. I thought that was a great article, by the way. That's two compliments yeah, really in two minutes. Yeah, interesting observation uh, that many people made about The Sopranos. I mean, when I first started covering television, there were two tiers. You tried to make it in the movies, and if you didn't, you became a TV star. Uh, you know, you had your Tom Selleck's and uh, and and so on, and uh, your Farrah Fawcett's, and they tried to make feature films, and uh, they weren't as successful. Their charisma seemed to work better on television, and that was it. That was kind of a cast system. Um, and that changed, uh, I think, with HBO in particular, and then with other streaming services. But Sopranos was one, although it's interesting people note that because uh, none of those actors had huge film careers. I mean, Edie Falco has made some feature films. Uh, Gandolfini uh, made a couple, but none were were big hits. But I think what they were stating was that that was uh, kind of the unofficial mark of a golden age of television uh, where – Series were really challenging, and both the audience and the actors, and it really brought in other big names. And now it's hard to think of a of a star that doesn't do television. I mean, Tom Cruise doesn't, Harrison Ford doesn't, uh, but a lot of the other big names do television uh, without even thinking about. I'm it. trying to think as Brad Pitt. Uh, he has, and he produces for he, television, right? Uh, um, I'm I'm not. I, I'm not sure he started anything on no, television, at least not I in recent years. I can't think so either. Ben Affleck, I don't know if he's done anything. But you're right. It's a very small group of people that haven't done it. And I I think everyone's all here for it. Yeah, you know, the, the television model has changed now. If you signed up for a TV series, a TV drama, you had to do 22, 23 episodes a year. Uh, now, uh, a lot of great television that these people are doing are either miniseries um, or limited series where there's only 10 or 11 episodes a year. So they could do television and then go off and do one or two other projects a year. In the past, if you did TV, there wasn't really any time right. to go off and do a movie or do a play or, or something like that. Now you can do something like The Undoing 
with uh, Hugh Grant and, right. and Nicole Kidman. What was that? Six hours. Yeah, they, that um, was a short one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, the the range uh, of of what you can do um, and how much time commitment there is has changed dramatically. It has. Okay, so what do you think it also has to do with the scale of budget has changed so much for television as well? I think, uh, yeah, in a way, because I think those kind of mid-size movies, those 50 to $70 million movies, and, and that kind of fits your rom-coms and kind of small-scale dramas, they've not completely disappeared, but they're harder and harder to find. You're either in a big-time superhero movie or you're in some small, scrappy independent film. Those those films that were kind of in the middle of the road right. that used to be very popular, uh, Holly, uh, Hollywood studios are making less and less of those for the big screen. And so if you like that kind of work, those kind of stories, mm-hmm. uh, then television is a place to go for those. You're, you, you're right. Okay, so have you seen, tonight is the finale of Nine Perfect Strangers. Have you seen it? I, I haven't, and, uh, you know, I watched the first you five like hours, it. maybe. Yeah. Uh, I don't care. I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm hoping they <laughs> all sort of die in a fire. This is why I, I love you so much. Attached. Okay. All right, so I know that you, I started watching Reservation Dogs last night. Yep. And that is quirky and different, and um, I liked it. So that's kind of Good. fun. That's a fun one. Um, you said you are liking American Rust. And Showtime? Yeah, uh, well, I'm liking Jeff Daniels' performance, and he's an example of a guy who, you know, had some success in movies. He was in some some big films, Speed and Dumb and Dumber. Right. Uh, but usually kind of the second banana, and you kind of thought, oh, well, this guy's going to be an interesting character actor. I like when he's in a movie, even if he's only in a few scenes. Well, he's become really one of our strongest leading men, and that's uh, – exclusively do really to television right. and stage. I mean, he's had a big success with To Kill a Mockingbird. He's returning to that role uh, I think next month. Okay. Uh, but um, he's perfect for television. He's got that kind of likability and, and easygoing charm, uh, but he's also had a chance to play really interesting characters. American Rust is not great. It, it's another one of those series that suggests living in rural America is uh, – the next, you know, lowest thing to living in hell. Yes. But um, his character is really interesting. I just get a kick out of him whenever he's uh, on the screen, and uh, he's got a great character in that. So I suggest people tune in, if only just to watch him. Okay, so we have um, a few minutes left with you. What what should we be watching? What's new that you are kind of excited about this fall? Well, I don't want to go into detail because my colleague Chris Hewitt is going to do the proper review, but... I went and saw the Sopranos movie oh. uh, a couple days ago, uh, and it's good. I mean, it, it's uh, it's like a Sopranos episode. Uh, uh, it's got the that same, you know, slow pace, but surprises uh, throughout. And even if you don't remember the Sopranos or never watched it, I think, I'm not sure, but I, I think you'll still enjoy it. Um, so uh, that was really terrific. Uh and the big television show that I for next week is Foundation, uh, that sci-fi fans have been waiting for for a long time. What's that on? Um, that is on Apple, I believe. Okay. Uh, and it's uh, it's very slow. It's very ponderous. But uh, you know, uh, if if you like your sci-fi serious, uh, that's uh, that's going to be very popular. 
And then the morning show is back, which I've decided I really don't like. I read your I read uh, that last week. I liked the first one. That's all we yeah, had access just, to. These guys, these pretty people whining about everything <laughs> under the sun just finally got to me. I'm like, okay, you're all incredibly gorgeous with incredibly uh fascinating jobs and all you do is bitch. And uh it just it, it finally after watching the entire second season, I was like, that's it. So it doesn't. I don't like any of these people. Okay, really, really. Oh. Well, it's fun to watch movie stars. You know, all right. uh, they're all very attractive and and fun, but they're just so unhappy. And I'm like, you guys are all all your characters are making millions and millions of dollars, and you can't and, be happy. Yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, sometimes just you, like you just, just right, just like looking <laughs> in a mirror. I'm just, I've just had enough. I've had enough. Are there any like you know? I I'm so in love with Ted Lasso, and I was that was fun to yep. see um, uh, that woman Hannah, uh, whatever her name is, Waddington. Hannah Waddingham. Yeah. When I mean that was just so sweet. Is there any other like really happy like shows that are coming out this fall that we should be that you know about? I mean, I like the happy. Yeah, I know, and that's why I think people love Ted Lasso because it's so rare now. Yeah. So many sitcoms are are just filled with despicable characters and right. people whining. Uh, and Ted Lasso was an exception to that. It, it's hard to think off the top of my head too many shows that that don't go uh, in, in that same direction. But l- let's keep our ears and eyes open. We will. Maybe Ted Lasso will, uh, you know, influence more down the pipe. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I, I know. All right. You guys can read Neil Justin on Twitter at Neil Justin Strib or at Neil Strib. What is it, Neil? I was so close. Uh, Neil Justin, N-E-A-L-J-U-S-T-I-N is me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And in the Star Tribune all the time. And thank you for being on our show. Okay. Thanks for having me. Okay. See you t- soon. Talk to you soon. Bye, right. Neil. When we come back, now you're going to tell me this <gasps> cup, this couple. Uh, this couple. We're this just going to say this couple. They are fighting tooth and nail, and we're getting not, I mean, it's really specific on what they're angry about. So. Oh, we will be right back with that. Thanks for hanging out with us. Lori is not here today. Brittany's sitting in. Um, you uh, were just going to tell us, yesterday we found out, you know, it's kind of more and more dirt is coming up between that couple that can't get along, that's still not divorced, that were everything for a decade, and I'm talking about Brad and Angelina. Mm. And so there's yet another twist in this couple's drama. Okay, here's the deal. I've got highlighters. I figured this out. The story is comes down to one thing and one thing only. What's the title of the story? Blah 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 blah. blah. But the point is, Angelina doesn't want the judge. And Brad Pitt does want the judge. So we're still fighting over the judge. We're fighting over the judge. I thought we were past this now. No. So they actually did uh, in June. um, Brad Pitt was awarded joint custody of their children. And Angelina said she vowed to fight it. So this got we're we're dealing with the, you know, amendment or not the amendment, but the going back and trying to appeal the decision. Well, it's this. Its name is John Outerkirk. Mm-hmm. He actually married them in 2014, so it's mm-hmm. the same guy. Now in France, in France, I think so because they got married at their chateau, mm. and her kids did artwork all over her dress. That was the beginning of the end. They should have never been married, and then they did that horrible movie, Two If by the Sea." 
Uh, true. All that is true. So right now, they're both claiming that they are using, um, there's the quote, that both their lawyers have used gamemanship as what the other one is doing. Okay, explain. Game and they're just saying that gamesmanship is the idea of like playing games with the court. Okay. Um that Jolie is saying, Hey, uh I found out after all this that uh we think that the judge, Oderkirk, violated a clear mandate of the code of judicial ethics. And the reason she thinks that is she found out late. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Peter, that Brad Pitt's lawyer had did not disclose that they'd had previous dealings with uh, the judge. Okay, right. We we knew this. Okay. So that's what this is all coming down to, is that the um, Brad Pitt's lawyer saying, hey, you're playing games here. I don't, we're not getting rid of this judge. And Angelina's judge, our uh, uh, lawyer, is saying the exact things. You're playing games here, and we're not going to get rid of, you know, we need to get rid of this judge. So literally, they're arguing about that back and forth. Um, They've also found out, we also found out that um, the actress claimed that three of their six children wanted to testify against their dad. I know. But were blocked from doing so by Judge John Oderkick. And that's kind of why, like, they were searching for something to get rid of this judge. That's a part why. Yeah. So it's kind of we're at that point where... They seems like a decision had been made. It's joint custody. And Jolie is saying, no, 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 no. This is not going to happen. This is not how it's going down. And I'm bringing out more. So it's just they're they're searching for more. And that's what they're claiming right now is why they just judge can't be there. Oh, my God. It's so dirty. Like, this is getting pretty dirty. I mean, when you're talking about kids wanting to testify their against their dad and the mom saying, you know, they don't want to live with him or they don't want to be with him. They want to testify against him. We're talking about now a divorce that's getting pretty ugly for everybody involved. Mm. And then, of course, there's the side thing going on with, um, you know, her not or her wanting to sell her shares, not to him. Yes. And, and um, Chateau Marvel Mar- and the vineyard mm. and the wine. Yeah. And so. Uh, Pitt has launched legal actions in Luxembourg against Jolie to stop her selling her shares of their French estate. And so, yeah, that's going on uh, as well along with this. So it's just one of those divorces. You just go, wow, it's going to get dirty and dirtier and dirtier. It it just keeps going on. I just am still am still amazed that this just keeps going on. And these people are not You know, yeah, I mean, we all know in real life people who have had divorces like this. And let me tell you who always suffers. It's the kids. Oh, 100%. They ne- it's never like they walk away from this unscathed. When no. they start ta- playing dirty back and forth, I mean, it always ends up being... How old were you when your folks got divorced? Um, I was five. Okay. And my dad just kind of like was out of the picture. So okay. I was really lucky. My mm-hmm. mom just took full custody and we... My dad was really it was is a was a hardcore alcoholic and you know he had to go figure that out 
And then we'd see him once a year after like our first, I think I went like probably like two or three years without seeing him at all. Didn't think anything of it. And then we'd see him once a year. So it was kind of like my relationship with my dad is kind of like an uncle, you know, and it's the best for us, like the best because of that. I mean, I never heard my mom say a bad thing about my dad Mm -hmm. that whole time. Right. And when we'd visit my dad, I'd never hear him say a bad thing about my mom. And so I just thought that was like a normal thing. And then we I'd seen other kids in other relationships. And I go, oh, my God, like, how lucky was I? You actually you're right about that, because back in the day, no one knew how to do it right. No. And I got people I ha- were vile. And my mom had like the kind of love that was like, oh, that's enough for a mom and dad. You know, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, like, totally. And so it was like, yeah, yeah back, I, I, I the idea of I don't know the the that that fight yeah no it's not it's not pretty but let's talk about love Mm. because nicole kidman so nine perfect strangers dropped the final one today it all is supposed to come together both lawyer i remember from reading the book yeah that it all comes together in the very last chapter because it's very yes yes at the very end during it i was just kind of like because it was confusing or is it just yeah yeah it's just a bunch of different stories and i didn't feel attached to any of them but i remember it coming together and i thought oh that was good but i have no idea how it ends so she was on jimmy fallon last night and her and um keith urban had just celebrated their 15th year anniversary Mm mm-hmm and so she talked, to, he said, well, when did you know when Keith was the one? Because they had a very short relationship before they got, oh, get, get before they got, got married. married. Um, and she said, well, it was the sweetest thing. She was living in New York. And remember, she lived in the same building as Lenny Kravitz. And they briefly dated oh. during before she was with Keith Urban. And she said, I came out of my building at 5 a.m. She was probably going to a call or something. Yeah. And he's sitting on the stoop. It was her birthday. And he had flowers. And she said, and that was it. That was it. That was it. That was it. That flight was the best investment he ever made. Oh, don't you think? I, I think mean, that so. is just the sweetest thing. And so they're just so sweet together. It's so shocking. So there's this thing going around right now that people are making fun of. There's a man on the subway and he's got flowers and he's got like um, a hot and ready pizza. And people were making fun of it saying, oh, can you couldn't you step up your game? And I think to myself, if, if someone I've, brought me flowers and, and a pizza, hot pizza, I don't even care. I don't even care if it was a frozen pizza. I don't think people realize flowers are powerful flowers, are powerful. just warm food that I didn't make. Like, I mean, I know it's like I have such a low bar for humans, mm-hmm. but when you hand me food, I'm like, God, I love Julia. It's it's effort. It's uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or we're just remembering. I mean, oh, 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 give me a personal easy. pan. Rand, call are it a you day. romantic with Lily? Do you bring her flowers? I do from time to time. But honestly, I'm not going to lie. She is more. She does more for me than I do for her. So let's be honest. Like she has national, it's grant appreciation day where she'll just fill my room with snacks. And she's, she's more the romantic. And I wish I could be as romantic as she is towards me. And do it. No, I, I do. I just, she's more creative in that little realm of things. I, so. I don't even think, I kind of think it doesn't even have to be creative. It's no. just effort. Yeah, yes. literally. Yes. It's yes. literally just effort. Just Back doing to laundry, basics. doing yeah. cleaning up the house, right. things like that. That's how oh. I'm trying to do it. Take those things off of her plate yeah. so that she doesn't have to deal with that. She can watch sports while I do the cleaning. You exactly. Know? So. Exactly. I love it.